This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hiya, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast episode 40. I know for the 4th of June, the bank holiday weekend. So how was your week? Don't know about you, but I noticed the roads are a lot busier in town. Now people have gone back to work. Driving for O'Connell Street sometimes is a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Great to see our hotels and guest houses reopening this week. And looking forward to outdoor restaurants, cafes and bars opening this coming Monday. Just to get back to some sort of normality, isn't it? That's, that's all we ask for right now. And giving us a touch of that was Matt Roach and Dean Morrissey who brought some great atmosphere to Clonmel with their live performance at the Main Guard last Saturday, raising money for Mental Health Island. Did you see these guys? They were amazing. Well done. And thank you. Staying with music, congratulations to Clonmel's Eve Whelan whose transition song has reached over 10,000 streams on Spotify. That's a great achievement. Of course, we had Eve on the Clonmel podcast a few months ago. There was some new tarmac being laid at the Dunstores Oakville car park during the week. I know, it was a bit mad, wasn't it? Did you try and get in there? Only wanted a pint of milk. In the end, I went to Tommy Mars instead. Or McDermott, sorry, on the Western Road. And the lovely Kieran looked after me there. That, by the way, is an amazing shop. McDermott's on the Western Road. They have everything in there. Well worth a visit. And of course, great to support these local shops. And you'll be glad to know that resurfacing has now finished at the Oakville Shopping Centre. Woo! Looks lovely too. June is also Pride Month. Big shout out to the Tipperary Clonmel Community Pride. And did you see those hanging umbrellas in Mitchell Street during the week? Really brightens up the place, doesn't it? Well done, Clonmel Junction Arts Festival, who also launched their exciting programme of events this year. More on their Facebook page. Have a look. So, what is coming up on this week's Clonmel podcast? Well, it's Clonmel's Wild Geese. Yes, people from the town who have now moved away, formerly called Clonmel People Living Away, which was a rubbish title. Well done to Tommy Fogarty, who gave us that title, Clonmel's Wild Geese. And this month, we're off to Denver, Colorado, to speak to Anthony Grace from Bridge Street. Rebecca Keogh from RK Vocal Studios in Clonmel tells us about their amazing summer camp for singers. News of a dance summer camp from the Alison Cronin Dance Academy. A theft, my goodness, on the Blue Way. More jobs, bingo, and lots more great stuff coming up on this week's Clonmel Podcast. The Clonmel Podcast. But first, I caught up with Rebecca Keogh from RK Vocal Studios here in town to talk about their exciting summer camp for singers. It's a pleasure to welcome to the Clonmel Podcast from RK Vocal Studios, Rebecca Keogh. Rebecca, how are you doing? Hi, Mark. How's it going? Thanks so much for having me on. It's my pleasure. Tell us about RK Vocal Studios based here in Clonmel. What do you do? So RK Vocal Studio is predominantly a vocal studio. We focus around the voice and we also offer accompanying instrument lessons um, for singers with the idea that singers um, can learn an instrument to accompany themselves for when they're performing. And how long have you been in business? So... um, I started renting a room in Place for You in Clonmel in 2017. Ah, oh, right. So you've been going for a lot, three, four years. Obviously, you can knock two of those off really with the pandemic, can't you? Well, actually, I've been really lucky um, because I've managed to stay working the whole way through the pandemic. 
Thank goodness. So I've been actually, I just moved my lessons onto Zoom and I've, because I had a, a lot of my students um, for kind of a couple of years already, a lot of them stayed with me and I, and I actually did have some new registrations during the pandemic as well. Um, there was a few people that, you know, the internet connection wasn't strong enough that uh, it didn't suit, but mostly I've been actually, I've been really lucky. How do you find that transition, Rebecca? Is that quite tough to get used to? Um, it, yes and no. So I kind of got thrown in at the deep end la- this time last year with the Junction Festival. Um, myself and Stephen McGrath and Jeff Barrett um, ran a, a summer camp for kids at Clonmel Rocks. So we actually had to move that whole project online. So we kind of just ha- were thrown in at the deep end. And for kind of, I don't know, six weeks or whatever, we just taught the kids online and kind of came up with uh, tutorials, pre-recorded tutorials to teach them the parts and that. And we learned so much just from like, just having to really dig in deep and find the the right way to like deliver the lesson in a a good way. And it worked out really, really well. So I think that experience was um, a great one for us. And of course, you mentioned the summer camp there. I believe the Born to Sing summer camp with Leah Ahern is happening this year. Yeah, so this year, um, myself and Leah Ahern are, are teaming up. Leah, um, her studio is called Sing with Leah. Um, we're both we're both vocalists. We both have you know gigged with cover bands. Um, we're both um, we both worked with original artists, and we both are are in music college as well. So I'm doing um, a degree in popular music in the Cork School of Music um, with CIT. And Leah has just finished a degree at BA Honours in Music in UCC, and she's now doing a master's in early childhood education. So tell us, what does the summer camp entail? So the summer camp is going to be um, three days of online kind of workshops and um, kind of lessons. So basically, we haven't like got the exact... Um, things that are going to be in it yet, but it'll be daily performance opportunities. So every every day is going to be an opportunity for um, the participants to to perform in some way. They might it might not be a full song, but just give them so much opportunity to kind of break the ice in with performing, with the the idea of having an end of um, end of camp performance at the end that their parents and family can watch, that their family and friends should I say should, can watch. So. Um, We'll have performance workshops like um, maybe stagecraft, um, audition tips. We'll have like daily themes. So we might focus on rhythm one day and harmony another day, or we might break down different genres or study an artist and get them to kind of, um, to kind of a- learn an- analyzing skills, um, so that they can take that forward. Um, the audition tips one is a, is a, is going to be a really good one, I think, for them, for any of the ones who, want to go on and audition for the likes of the toy show or yeah. um RT Junior or any of those shows. Um we'll probably do like a confidence kit. Um we'll do a bit about vocal health because that's kind of just a have to. You have to do that if you're if you're teaching singing. And we'll also show them how to build their own warm up. Yeah, speaking of warm ups, what would you recommend now as being a, a vocalist as a good warm up tip? Well, really each singer is different, but you have to start somewhere. So I would always go with some semi-occluded vocal tract exercises. So that would be something like singing through a straw. So that might sound really? kind of funny. <laughs> um, I can give you a little little demo if you want. Please do, yes. 
Okay, Wish I had a straw with me to join in. I have one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so if anyone is listening to this, um, you can get get a straw and just put it in your mouth. And before you put it in your mouth, if you want to try, just going. So you make kind of a humming sound, but you're blowing the air kind of out through your lips. Mm. And then you put the straw up to your lips and you just go. And you just make a sound through the straw. So make sure the air is coming out the bottom. And that that's so that you're not just humming, because otherwise the air, air won't come out. And then you can do things like a glide. So you might start on, on a lower note and glide up to a higher pitch and back down like this. Um so I would always include um, straw straw exercises. It's a really, really good exercise for relaxing the muscles and really setting the voice up for a healthy day of singing. Um, then you can open up to maybe some vowel work, maybe do some some gentle um, scales, maybe, you know, um, do, re, mi, fa, so, that kind of, that kind of do, thing. Do, re, mi, fa, so, lo, ti, do. Like that, but that's not good, is it? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people who are learning don't have... Um, <laughs> it was rubbish, wasn't it? <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. There's potential Be there, honest, 100%. you're joking. There's no potential there whatsoever, Rebecca. Don't lie to me. <laughs> Maybe we might need a little bit of aural training, you know, a little bit of ear training. <laughs> uh, on a serious note, is there is there certain drinks you shouldn't drink before, you know, singing or even doing voiceovers? Mm, well, that's an interesting one. So there's a little bit of a, a myth out there that mm. you shouldn't like eat dairy or, you know, drink milk or whatever yeah. before you sing or that you shouldn't drink coffee or tea or whatever. But it's not necessarily true. Um, like you'd want to be drinking a lot of caffeine for it to actually dry out your vocal folds. Um, so you know, unless you're drinking excessive amounts, that's not going to be a problem. And then the other little myth is about dairy. So like, you know, eating chocolate or cheese or even drinking milk or whatever. Um, unless you have an intolerance to dairy, it's ah. okay. So water, probably the best thing to drink? Well, I wouldn't go drinking a bottle of 7-Up because then you'll be burpy <laughs> when you try to sing course, and that's yeah. not a good sound. <laughs> Just plain water maybe. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely go for water. Yeah, maybe maybe a few bits of fruit in it or something like that. Not a cup of tea and a biscuit. <laughs> well, you can. The you know, crumbs getting stuck down the end of your throat. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you you chew well and you swallow well, and it'll be all fine. <laughs> so, with the summer camp, it's on the fourteenth to the sixteenth of July. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So it's on July 14th to 16th. It's going to be from 4pm to 6pm each day. So it's just two hours a day. So we're not taking away too much from any any day that there may be sunshine. So I know it's hard to be inside when there is mm. sunshine and outside. And we're hoping that by the end of it, um, that they'll have some some a little bit more confidence in themselves to go forward and maybe audition for something that they've been holding back for um or even you know sh sing in front of their family this is something that that kids oh, yeah. can really struggle with is singing in front of their family members it, um the age group as well um is for for ages 8 to 12 um that's the kind of age group we're we're aiming at and Leah um specializes in in uh, teaching the younger kids as well in her course and she also um teaches one-to-one -one lessons in her school uh, sing with Leah. And if people want to sign up for the camp, how do they get in contact with you? So you can contact Leah at leah.ahern, A-H-E-R-N, at gmail.com or Rebecca, myself, at orkvocalstudio at gmail.com or, as I said, on social media. And how much is the camp as well, please, Rebecca? 
Yeah, so we're doing an early bird offer uh, of 40 euro for the three days. Um, That will be running up until the 18th of June. And then after the 18th of June, it'll be 50 euro. Okay, Rebecca Kyo from RK Vocal Studios. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. What about? Is that any good? Any better? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't recognize it as singing, so I'll probably answer that question. (laughs) It's been a real pleasure, Rebecca Kyo from RK Vocal Studios in Clonmel. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the podcast this week. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, Rebecca. Now, if you take a walk down the gorgeous Blue Way, you may have noticed something missing by the Gas House Bridge. The lifeline of the boatman by artist Kriti Katri. The nine oars on a wooden display board are believed to have been stolen between last Thursday, the 27th of May, and Friday, the 28th of May. I can't believe someone nicked these. Any information, please, to the Clonmel Guardi on 05261. Double seven six four zero. Shame on whoever took those. Now, former guest on the Clonmel podcast, Paul Walsh, is coming home to Clonmel with Roy Seven to perform at the Junction Arts Festival. There'll be the first music act to play the State of the Art New Dome on July the 3rd. It's a free online event, and to get your tickets, just check out the Clonmel Junction Arts Festival Facebook page. I'm so looking forward to that. Western Electrical in Peter Street are running a promotion for the month of June to celebrate being open six days a week. All you have to do is pop into the store, place your order on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday and get free light installation. More details on the Western Electrical Facebook page. Kilsheel and Kilcash GAA are having a 5K charity virtual run this bank holiday Monday for the Juvenile Pitch Development Fund. Good luck to all involved there. The Alison Cronin Dance Academy at the Old Bridge are now taking bookings for their Sundance Summer Camps. This is an action-packed week of dance, singing, musical theatre and arts and crafts. It's on from the 19th to the 23rd of July and all are welcome. The kids will love this. Get more information on the Alison Cronin Dance Academy Facebook page. Tipperary County Council Library Service are running a rainbow interactive storytelling session with Sarah Tully on Saturday the 12th of June at 11am. It's for 5 to 8 year old and is on Facebook Live. This will include creating pop-up rainbow cards with step-by-step instructions, with theme stories, songs and colourful rainbow magic while you craft. More details on the Tipperary Coco Library Service Instagram and Facebook pages. The Presentation Primary School are running a 5 to 5 this year. All you have to do is have a chat with the family on an activity you can do. Do it for five minutes and donate five euros on the GoFundMe page or pop it into one of the donation buckets that will be outside the school each morning next week. This year's funds will go towards a new wiggle box for the junior class to give them more access for iPads and technology. More details on their Facebook page, Presentation Primary School Clonmel. The Slevenamon Cycling Club and friends are having a fundraising cycle in aid of Ashley. 300 kilometres, two wheels, one day. It's on Saturday, the 10th of July, in association with Ryan Motor Power Clonmel. Sponsor a rider or donate through the GoFundMe page. More details on Slevenamon CC Facebook page. Seesaw in Wellington Street have a drop-in listing support service and telephone service every Monday and Thursday between 6.30 and 7.30pm. The number is 052-61-72477 and you can call them during this time for a chat if you can't come in. 
Breed from the Hillview Sports Club in town have given us their weekly bingo update. Flamingo bingo. Yes, everyone is loving this right now. The snowball jackpot is now €1,000. I know. Eyes down on Monday. Yes, bank holiday Monday at 8pm sharp. Double book is €15. Single book, €10. And remember, you can win two grand on their Clonmel Lotto, which is tomorrow, Saturday at 8pm all the details on the Hillview Sports Club Facebook page. County Tipperary Chamber of Commerce have announced a two-week extension for the Tipperary Business Awards. Oh, thank goodness. Entries must now be in by Friday, 18th of June, and you can apply at www.countytipperarychamber.com. Just when you thought it was too late, there we go. You've got a two-week extension, and good luck to everyone taking part in those awards. The Showground Shopping Centre are showcasing two amazing cars this weekend, courtesy of Barlow Hyundai on the Waterford Road. The all-new Hyundai i20 and the new plug-in hybrid Hyundai Tucson. You can check them out at the Showground Shopping Centre this weekend and get in contact with Barlow Hyundai if you fancy a test drive. Obviously not in the shopping centre, but out on the road. Staying with cars, if you are travelling this bank holiday weekend, do take care on the road. You may notice now more people out walking and cycling due to the pandemic. And it might be worth checking your car out with the usual checks before you leave, like tyres, oil, coolant, that sort of thing. Most of all, have a lovely time this bank holiday weekend, and I think the weather's looking okay as well. Now, jobs this week, let's see what we have. The Western House Medical Centre have a vacancy for a qualified nurse. The candidate is either practice trained or has an interest in primary care. Training will be given if required, and this is a full-time position with an immediate start. You can email your CV and covering letter to whmedicalcentre at gmail.com. That's whmedicalcentre at gmail.com. And the closing date for applications is Friday, the 18th of June. The Lemongrass Restaurant in Market Street, right beside Nador Wellness Centre, are looking for part-time staff. ie.indeed.com has the details for you there. Larry O'Keefe is looking for online sales office admin role and a warehouse operative. Email your CV to info at larryokeefe.com. Supermax out the Powerstown Road, they're looking for two full-time staff with a full driving licence as you may be required as backup for their home delivery service. More details on supermax.ie slash jobs. Dragon Palace in Irish Town are looking to hire waiting staff and a kitchen worker. If interested, drop your CV into Brendan at the restaurant. New Look in Town are looking for a supervisor. More details on jobalert.ie. Deals in O'Connell Street are looking for a duty manager. Send your CV to 1604.clommel at ie.deals.eu. I know, bit of a mouthful, that one. That's 1604.clommel at ie.deals.eu. And don't forget, that's D-E-A-L-Z. And finally, Miss Ellie's Takeaway in Irish Town are looking for weekend part-time staff. Must have experience. If you're interested, drop your CV into the takeaway, maybe while you're ordering your delicious fish and chips. Or you can call Amy on this number, 05261 84540. That's 05261 84540. Feel quite hungry now. If you would like to advertise a job, it's free of charge on the podcast. Email the Clonmel Podcast 
at gmail.com. Oh, by the way, hello to Kathleen McKenna, who around 9pm this evening likes to listen to the podcast every week, I believe, with some chocolate. Nice one, Kathleen. That's a great combination. Chocolate and podcast. Like your style. If you'd like a mention on the podcast, here's what you do. Email theclomberpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, it's time for this week's interview. And it's our monthly feature, newly renamed, thanks to Tommy Fogarty, Clomwell's Wild Geese. This is where I like to catch up with people from the town who are now living away. And right now, it's time to go to Denver, Colorado and speak to Clonmel's Anthony Grace. The Clonmel Podcast. Anthony, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. Thanks for having me, Eric. So Denver, Colorado, the Rocky Mountains, it must be heaven living there, is it? It is unless you have to buy a house. Really? <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> what are you doing over there? I'm a software engineer and... Um, I've worked on, I just started with a third company uh, two weeks ago. Uh, we moved from California in 2017, late 2017. So I'm only here four years, less than four years. Let's take you back then. So whereabouts in town did you grow up? I grew up in Bridge Street. Um, our house was directly across from uh, Billy Gibbs, old pub. Mm. It became Evanston's later on. It went through several hands. I, th- I believe it's closed at the moment. Uh, it was right next to Manor Produce, which was knocked down for the new road. Uh, my dad owned a big mill building there. That was our garage. We were main dealers for Leyland and Daft Trucks. Oh, wow. And so in the 80s, I worked for my dad. And uh, I was, he, my dad was a racing driver in the 60s. And when my brother uh, was killed in around 68, he was 10 years older than me. Mm. And uh, he stopped racing at that point. And uh, I, I grew up really going to race tracks, and I still love the smell of racing fuel <laughs> and the smell of burning rubber. Burning rubber. Can I ask what what was your dad's name? Dick Grace. And where did he race? He uh, raced in places like Mandela Park. He was the first car off the grid there on the opening day. Uh, he raced Mini Coopers. Great car. Yeah, and he uh, he had a Downton Mini. They're a specialised engineering firm and. Mm. legendary for uh, racing minis and uh, he played in Northern Ireland he raced in Kirkustown and of course they did all the hill climbs and all that so he'd been part of the South Tipperary Motor and Cycle Club and all those kind of people I always think of Michael Caine and the Italian job when I hear Mini Coopers oh, mentioned yeah you know I remember <laughs> watching that with my dad you know total silence for two hours your dad's probably going nah they couldn't do that in a mini <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know, it's the whole way, you know. <laughs> looking up at the heavens, you know. And where did you go to school? I went to school with St. Mary's and then the tech. Hmm. And I got my leaving cert around 77. And uh, I went back to the high school for a while because I wanted to get points to do architecture. But uh, then the music came knocking again. And uh, I turned pro and went with the Kenny Ryder band. And... I spent about six months on the road with them and recorded and stuff like that. Uh, Kenny was one of the founder members of Tweed. Right. Yeah, where he, his brother was Brendan Ryder, who continued on as a lead vocalist. But right through the 70s, we had our own band, Stone Free. Uh, we played the we played the Jamboree concert in Mount Mallory there at 77. And we played all, there was a vibrant music scene uh, in the 70s at Clonmel and Carrick. And I mean, Carrick and Shira's 
smaller than Clonmel, but I, I always maintained they had more musicians per capita than any town in Ireland. And, uh, we we played in Carrick, played Clonmel, Minute, places like that. And uh, who are the who are the other bands that were knocking about with you guys? Oh, at the time, I mean, we had in Clonmel, of course, you had the Dave Prem band. I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard of Dave, but Dave would have been about 10 years older than me, but we were good friends. Dave was a legendary guitarist, and he passed away there last year, unfortunately. Yeah, we meet up sometimes in Switzerland. He used to record in Switzerland with the Chicken Fisher band. Emer Pell from the Old Bridge, her dad was the mayor of Clonmel. She was singing with him and recording over there. Uh, Benchy's bookstore at the Sun used to play keyboards with Dave. No way. Yeah, and uh, we'd have um, we'd have a lot of out- a lot of bands coming into town, you know, like uh, Monkfish and bands like that. Uh, the drummer was American. I used to hook up with him from time to time. Um, Stone Free. I mean, I can tell you a funny story. <laughs> cool. We stood in for you two twice, you know. When, what? Uh, yeah, uh, when we were both nobodies, you know, and, you know, and I still am. <laughs> so, uh, we, they were due to play in Carrick and Shure, you know, and uh, this is you too now. Yeah, and they did a no show, you know, and I was talking to George, the the guy who owned the rock bar down there. He was like a biker, the hair greased back, and but he's in his sixties, right? And he phoned me, and you know. Sharp notice, so you know I had to get drinking out of a pub. I think we brought him out of the pub on a, on a wheel cart, <laughs> <laughs> and we finally we turned up, and you know there wasn't seventeen people there, but we played the gig, and the 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 guy who got us to play tried to shart us the money. So three of our guys were on crutches at the time. They both they all broke their legs the same week. Okay, oh my God, that's a bit and unlucky, it was, isn't it? <laughs> And there was an Irish band at the time called Clutch, so they started calling us Crutch. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they pinned him to the wall with the crutches and they got the money out of them anyway. So about two weeks go by and uh, I was reading about you 2 and Hot Press, you know. Yeah. And at this time they were being called Bono and the Edge, you know, not Paul and Dave. Mm. You know? They were going with stage names, which I found hilarious because I had already seen them playing at the back of the Dandelion Market. Uh, but three days after their first RT appearance, you know, Bono still had the same black and white spandex pants on them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, we weren't impressed. They really weren't good in those days. i got to yeah. be honest. They didn't rate. And uh, so about two weeks go by and I get this phone call and it's Bono, right? And he says, hey, you know, I heard you did a really good show. And, you know, he's blowing smoke, you know. And uh, we, we we have to do another no show, you know, and I'll come back to the no show thing because I know what they were doing. And uh, I said, so uh, I said, who is the speaking? Bono. Oh, hello, Paul. That didn't go down, you know. And <laughs> they used to come from Dublin to Carrick, right? So they used to go through uh, Carlo, okay? And it was a famous pub, rock pub there called Artie's. And it was like ste- stepping into a time zone, you know. It was like mm. going back to... And I thought it quite a coincidence that they get a puncture twice in the same town. So uh, the, the, the story gets funnier, actually. Later, uh, about, I don't know, uh, three years ago, I friended Julian Lennon, John Lennon's son, on Facebook. Okay? Yeah. And I was friends with a couple of the people that worked with the Beatles, like Tony Bramwell and Bill Harry and them. And uh, 
so, you know, I, I love the fact we both were into photography and all that. And at the time, I believe he was going out with Bono's daughter. Yeah. And, and uh, so next thing, I 10 minutes later, I get a friend request from her. So, okay, you know. So I go out and have my supper and I come in an hour later and the two of them have unfriended me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, this is too much for coincidence. You know? <laughs> uh, so uh, I had stepson in California and uh, he used to tell all his classmates that, hey, my dad once told Bono to F off on the telephone, you know. So, But I did, a- I did hear a story that I think you two played Claude Mel some years ago in, in some bar a long, long time ago. It could have been around the time. You when you were, you're talking about, and they were booed out of this bar in town. Well, I, I've heard that story too, and I, I you know I don't remember playing here, but um, mm. they they yeah they used to play Carrick, well they tried to twice, and uh, <laughs> we we were the ones playing instead of them. But uh, yeah, you know, we it, it, the music scene then was really really alive. Mm. I mean, the gigs in Clonmel, I mean, the most famous gig in Clonmel, if you got in there, you, you were halfway made, and that was Jerry Murtis in Irish Town. I mean, where would that where would that have been now in Irish Town? If you're going from the West Gate up, it's go beyond the church and it's pub on the left, not far up from the church. Would that be Carey's? It's a kind of kind of across the road from the cottage hospital. Right. Yes. Yes. I think that's Carey's. We used to play there and also the Savory Club in Gladstone Street, which later became the Gladstone Arms. And, ah, after, that, yeah. and after that, Billy Gibbs bought his second pub there. He moved from Bridge Street to there. So, uh, and Billy died a few years ago, I heard. He was a really good friend. Nice so, guy, uh, actually, Billy Gibbs, yeah. Lovely guy, mm. lovely guy. And his wife, Mary, had died very young, about 48. Prior to that, uh, I think she had a tumour or something. And it was really, you know, and he soldiered on. But there were so many gigs going. And we, you know, when I was about nine years old after my brother got killed, uh, my second parents were Tom and Molly O'Hare, and they owned the Caroline Ballroom, uh, which later became the Piper Pub, I think. Yes, the Piper Inn. Yeah. Yeah. So this, you know, in the 50s, it was the Flamingo. It was actually a casino, you know, and all the teddy boys would hang out there. But. <laughs> so I spent, you know, about four years there. We'd have work behind the bar and, I, I wangled it so that I got the job of delivering drinks to the band's dressing room and I got to meet them all. And that was that was cool. But you, in those days, the Regal would have gigs, the Ritz Cinema would have gigs, you know, the roll up the screen. I remember seeing East of Eden and the Ritz. I remember Skid Row in 1972 in the Regal and I got to spend an hour with Gary Moore after the gig. And that was really? Wow. Uh, it was like he, I didn't get a word in, you know, and he, 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 everybody else was carrying out the care and he was just sitting there and it was one invective after another. I am so blah, 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 fed up of this scene. All, all he wanted to do was make an album. That was it. Yeah. And that was what the, I heard a really good story about Gary though, um, in the eighties in Dublin, there was some rock journalist for some evening newspaper who got a ticket to interview him in the green room. It's whatever gig he was doing. And it was, this is only like a 19, 20 year old journalist, like it was his first job, you know, and somewhere if you dig, you'll find this story. But, uh, you know, the way that they have the writers on the contracts and all this. That's right. Yeah. Take out well, the orange smarties and all that. Yeah. So he goes into the, the green room and there's other people there, you know, people in the business and all that. Gary hasn't come in yet. And, uh, he sees this big pack of crisp potatoes on the 
in the pool and he goes from devours him because he's he's starving with the hunger and next about 10 minutes later gary come in who the f took my freaking crisps <laughs> <laughs> that was the start of his career <laughs> Who would have played in Clonmel in the early days that may have become famous years later? Well, you had groups that may not have become fam- famous. Yeah. I mean, you had Peggy's Leg, who are famous in Ireland. Uh, That's Jimmy a great Slevin. name, isn't it? Yeah, Jimmy's, Jimmy Slevin is a great guitarist. Uh, we used to, we were in constant touch with each other on Facebook anyway, not Facebook about five years ago, but Jimmy's living in Berlin and has been, I think, since the 80s. And Jimmy would send me some home recordings of uh, a lot of Baroque music he was playing. Uh, uh, I was in Berlin around 86 and I saw, you know, Jimmy Slevin on the, the band menu in this bar. I said, oh, man, I got to come here tonight, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the barman, it was, it was the harp bar and the crew down there in Berlin. And he said, well, tough luck. He says, we have to cancel all the gigs. I, I must take up the menu. I said, why? What happened? Uh, apparently the neighbors complained about the noise. So whenever <laughs> Jimmy over there, you know. Uh, I, in, in O'Hare's where I worked, you, you know, you had a lot of bands coming there. I mean, uh, Dusty Springfield, um, let me see, uh, Boomtown Rats were on the night bus tour there. BP Fallon, who was a good friend, uh, he was on that. Uh, Tin Lizzy, of course. Yeah. Uh, all those guys would come around, you know. Uh, there was always something going on. And, you know, you would have some of these bands playing in, like, in the hall in Mary, in Mary Street. Yeah. Our Slips and Peggy's Leg played there. Also, the hall in Morton Street, across from the old laundry. I think the old folks' homes there now. It used to be kind of a youth club uh, hall there. That's right. I, m- I remember hearing about uh, stories about Thin Lizzy playing in town years ago. Mm-hmm. They played twice uh, in, in around the 73 period. Uh, Whiskey in the Jar had, had just hit. Definitely that was a hit when they were here once. Uh, I missed both gigs. The first time I had pneumonia and the second time I was trying to make it back on the ferry from England. By the time I got to Clonmel, they had just left. See, so, no, no doubt that, that boat was delayed like it always was. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Never again. Got to the point where I just flew, you know. We we used to go, we used to take the ferry over to France when it was only 50 quid, you know. That's a long uh, old journey though, wasn't it? Well, it was 22 hours, you know. Oh, Jesus. If the bar is open, you're doing good, you know. <laughs> and the ceiling was really low, so you could actually hold on to it. <laughs> the only problem was that Seagull Rough, the DJ, was using records, which I, which I thought was a bad move. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> right, you're in Denver, Colorado now. Have you stopped gigging now? Do you still ever, you know, play the odd tune somewhere? I played in California. Uh, I, I played a few gigs. Uh, around 2015, I got to play with Tommy Emmanuel, and, uh, who I consider probably the best guitarist in the world. Mm. And getting on stage with him uh, and Pat Bergeson, and they both were session musicians with uh, Chet Atkins. How does it feel getting up and playing with someone like that, that caliber? Oh, uh, Is there nerves there, first of all? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you, you just want to start as soon as possible so it can be all. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't want to be hanging around the stage. I just want to get up, go, go do it. That's it, you know. And uh, but th- this was really funny because uh, I have a video of it, but what I don't have is we did Ghost Riders in the Sky. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, instrumentally, uh, obviously, and 
But Tommy decided to do a comical Australian version before we did this. And the, the whole place was in stages. So we really had the audience on our side when we started. And there were four of us there, a guy from Canada who wrote me into it. Uh, he was playing and he was actually singing, uh, actually, he was. We didn't do an instrumental. And uh, Pat Bergson is a famous harmonica player, guitarist, who was a session guy in, in the States and in Nashville. And uh, like he's played with literally them all. But Tommy, if you haven't checked him out, uh, you really got to check him out. I mean, there's nothing you can't do. And do you get to come home much at all? Oh, now, really. this is obviously prior, mm. you know, pre, pre-COVID. Well, in 2003, uh, my mom wasn't doing too good. And the nurses really aren't supposed to do this, but they did call me and she said, um, I was planning to bring the family over at that point to meet her. And she said, I wouldn't wait. She said, I would come now. So I had a choice to make. Do I, you know, I had the money for two trips. So I do the funeral or do I spend a week with my mother? So I chose the latter. And uh, so I was there on my own in 2003. Uh, as you can understand, it wasn't hmm. a trip, but enjoyed. So in 2005, we, we came back and we drove around Ireland. And, uh, but I haven't been there since. What do you miss about Clonmel, Anthony? Oh, I think the crack. I mean, you walk down the street and people salute you. You know, you you walk down when you're young. You'd walk down the street on the Saturdays to meet all your friends from the other school or whatever. You know, I, I miss that kind of closeness. Um, I miss the burger and chips from Stan's and uh, Nicky's. Uh, Stan Delicados used to be up there by the West Gate. Uh, uh, Nicky's, of course, I believe, is still going in the narrow street. Ah, is that the Mayfair? Yeah, the Mayfair, yeah. I'm sorry yeah. to tell you this, that's now gone. It's serious? It's a patchy it's, like- it's a patchy pizza. Oh dear, oh that's sacrilege. Isn't it? Oh, oh my god. Yeah, it's gone. The the good I don't know if you remember Sparky, he used to run the Mayfair. I do. Yeah, Sparky's got his own chipper out in Feathered. So hello to Sparky. Hello, Sparky. <laughs> well, I'll be going to Feather because that's where my dad was from. Really? Yeah. Out in Rocklow. Wow. <laughs> Turn left at the dance hall. Last time I was in Federer, I think I saw the Flat Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> Hugh McCulloch on guitar there in the dance hall. Well, there you go. That's where, that's where Sparky is now. Um, that's He's got his own place, has done for many years out in, in Feathered. So what year did you actually leave Clonmel and where did you go? Uh, 2001. Um, I had come over for a vacation. And uh, 2000, later that year in November, there was that, I, you know, I, I pulled the top, 10, 12 companies in Ireland that put investment back into their own company and nobody was hiring. I mean, like I said, it was the dot-com bubble and yeah. everything paused. And uh, so I moved over to Northern California, Marysville, about 40 miles north of Sacramento uh, in November 2001. So, uh, And what was it like when you first went over there? Was it a culture shock to you? Had you been to the States yeah. before? No, no, I had a brief visit uh, in the summer, but um, it was new, you know. Uh, you see people going into drive-ins and talking to a machine, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, I actually, what really cracked me up was a drive-in pharmacy, you know. Like, wow. <laughs> I had visions of the Housewives of Ireland abusing that for Valium, you know. Well, do you know what? I was, I was talking to a mate of mine out in Australia, and... I, I was shocked to hear that they have drive-in offer licenses over there. I mean, oh, yeah. I just, they have one. Yeah. I can't believe I, it. I saw, 
one up in Dubois. Uh, I call it Dubois. <laughs> but they got in Wyoming. And I could not believe it. My wife said, yes. Yeah. When we were in high school, we get someone older to do the drive-in, you know. <laughs> a drive-in liquor store. I mean. I know. What more could you ask for, you know? <laughs> could you imagine that here? Yeah, you know, get the Uber and just go through, you know. <laughs> What's your favourite part of Clonmel? Oh, in the old days, it was the bookshops and the cafes, you know. Um, I used to go into Binchy's. In the, in the old days, in the 60s, it was called Devlin's. Mm. But uh, it, the Benchies owned it. Uh, they lived uh, they had a house down there near Ted Shannon's across the road. Uh, the son played with the Dave Prim and Brendan Benchie, but I was friends with the kids. Uh, I liked the coffee shops, you know, the crossword, the coffee in the morning. Uh, I used to always go into the coffee shop there across from the Friary. Uh, an Australian girl had it at the time. Uh, I used to love the restaurant behind the post office uh, and the Clamel Arms. Uh, I can't remember the name of the chef, the Clamel Arms, but my God, the food was always 100% there, you know. Yeah, it was and a great place, was, the Clamel Arms, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I used to go in always for a coffee and a salad after work, you know, and meet up, meet people, you know. Yeah, I miss that. Uh, even pre-COVID, you, you know. I lived in a small town, but it's, it's it's just not quite the same, you know. But I, I guess that's true for everybody. I mean, when I came to California first, the hardest thing was the weather. Uh, it took me eight years to climatize. Uh, in, a, in the summer, it would get between 108, 108 and 112 uh, Fahrenheit. I mean, that is insane weather. And uh, But you get used to anything if you have to, you know. I mean, if you ask me in the 80s, would you ever see yourself immigrating? I would I would have said, absolutely no way, you know. Mm. But then uh, you get to a point, I mean, I had invested five years and a lot of effort to get my degree, and I did it late in life. And suddenly I was faced with the prospect of, of it all being for nothing, you know. Where did you do that degree, Anthony? I did it in uh, the Waterford Institute of Technology. Right. Uh, down the road. But I would stay there from Monday to Friday at digs and, you know, give it 100% and then come home on the weekend and I'd take care of the mom uh, because she was getting older at this point. And uh, it was the best thing I ever did. There was like, for a computer science, they'd taken 120 people. Four of us were mature students and we actually had to undergo a, a, a person-to-person interview. And, you know, they offered me the certificate, diploma, degree route. And I, I said, to them, I'm not doing a hop, skip and jump. I said, I'm motivated now. And if I don't do it, I'll never do it. So, uh, it turns out, I, so I got the place and, uh, you know, 50% of the intake are gone by the first Christmas because their people think they're going to end up writing games and they have illusions about what they're doing. Mm. You know? But it turns out that the guy who interviewed me, uh, I had him later for math of signals and systems and he, uh, a genius of a mathematician. It turned out that he shared the same desk as my brother, with my brother in the high school in Clonmel in the 50s. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Small world, you know. And you know the way you're in Colorado now? You always find that when people are away, they always miss something from home. Could be like a bag of potatoes or, you know, Kimberly Mikado's. <laughs> do, you, do you get those cravings at all? And do people send them well, out to you? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, got a, I got a confession then, okay? I'm, you, can't, you can't get a loaf of It was Mark Twain that said you, you can go from coast to coast in this country and you won't get a decent loaf of bread, and that's still true. So the sausages here are like diabolical. And <laughs> so I, I actually have sausages, black and white pudding, and soda bread flown in every two months. 
<laughs> you see, it's it's one of those things. You just have to have that. Yeah. So foodireland.com, they're, oh. they're my savior. I bet you'd love a bit of old grinder bread now, Anthony. Oh, yeah. Remember the know, old was- grinder years ago? The proper grinder yeah. bread. Or the bat buns, as I say, down in Waterford. <laughs> do, you th- yeah. do you think you'll ever move back to Ireland at some stage? Can you I, ever I envisage that happening? I don't know. I think a lot of us over here are kind of like Irish boomerangs. Uh, we cry in our beer about Ireland, but we never go back. Yeah. And uh, I'll be honest about it. Um, there's a part of me, of course, would like to, you know. But on a practical level, you know, I'm probably going to be still in the workplace for the next 10 years. And... I had to buy a house again in that time period. The house prices in Ireland and here are pretty similar. Okay. Maybe not downtown Denver, but for mm. the most part. Yeah. But for someone in my job, my salary, I make probably 30% more over here. Right. So your purchasing power is better. And if I had to go back and purchase in Ireland, it would, it would, I'd take a big hit. You know, if I was at the point right now financially that I was retiring, yeah, it would be an option. But I think for anyone still in the workforce, and I mean, I think at some point the Irish government tried a few years ago to to lure people back and it was a total disaster. Nobody was taking them up on it. And you really can't blame them. If they're making more money in another country and they can buy a house probably for the same price or cheaper, then you really can't blame them, you know. But uh, as regards going back to Ireland, uh, to yeah. back to that. Uh, yeah, obviously, my wife has never been outside the country, and uh, that is, we'd like to bring Niall over to his his second home, you know, and hopefully someday he'll have dual nationality. So, Well, listen, we look forward to seeing you and welcoming you back to Clonmel. And in the meantime, Anthony Grace, thank you so much for joining us on the Clonmel podcast this week with Clonmel's Wild Geese. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Have a good one. Thanks, care. Anthony. Take care of yourself. The Clumbell Podcast. Thank you, Anthony. Now, before I go, good luck to all the outdoor restaurants, cafes and bars who are opening on Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, and also to the gyms, swimming pools and leisure centres. No word yet as of when the Clonmel Cinema is opening, but we can't wait to go in, watch a movie with a massive bucket of popcorn, a large drink and some nachos. Oh, yeah. If you would like to get in contact with the Clonmel Podcast, you can email theclonmelpodcast at gmail.com. You'll also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I think the weather's supposed to be hotting up next week. A rumour, a rumour is going around in the low 20s. Until then, have a lovely bank holiday weekend. Stay safe and look after one another. And thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.